Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. A conversation that went on uh, a local Detroit radio station this morning, WJR, one of the great uh, AM stations in the United States, and a a very strong station in Detroit. Conversation went on between uh, morning host uh, Paul W. Smith and uh, senior WJR news analyst and executive producer Marie Osborne, dealing with the Bishops' Conference last week and the... uh, the whole debate over Eucharist, uh, President Biden. Now, I, let me just make clear, because I'm going to offer some critique here. Uh, I do want to say how refreshing it was to hear uh, these two uh, uh, broadcasters that talking about the Bishop's uh, Conference and the nature of the Eucharist in the kind of uh, with, the, with respect uh, that it's due. And I think that's very important. This is an incredibly important uh, topic for us. But uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the very common popular misconceptions that are circulating around made their way into the conversation. So I thought we'd take it point at a time. Let's listen to uh, the first comment here by uh, Marie Osborne. This was a very important move that happened last week. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops proceeded with a plan that could ultimately deny communion to public figures who support abortion rights. And most notably here would be President Biden. Now, let me stress again. I know that this is how the story is commonly discussed. And there's no doubt that President Biden being elected president is the primary reason this question of worthiness of receiving Holy Communion has come to the surface. In truth, nobody has a right to Holy Communion. But the Church has taught from the beginning, St. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapters 10 and 11, that there are worthy ways of receiving and unworthy ways. And uh, that's what this is really about. It's not a political question. It is a question about fidelity or infidelity to Church teaching. And uh, I have to say that uh, Ms. Osborne certainly understood that it's a serious matter for Catholics, and uh, she was duly respectful of the nature of the Eucharist. Let's take a listen. And we also should say communion, for those, of a, for those who are not Catholic, communion is the most sacred of sacraments for Catholics. Not only does it hold profound symbolism of unity within the faith, Catholics believe it is indeed the body of Christ. So it's extremely important to all Catholics. It is, and that's why this is so important, a discussion. St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, has a passage there which talks about receiving, uh, eating and drinking of the body and blood of our Lord, uh, worthily or unworthily. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, he eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And that's why many of you are weak, uh, and some have even died. So there were really uh, consequences for taking the Eucharist in an unworthy manner. And throughout church history, this has been a topic of conversation. In fact, the U.S. bishops addressed this question about public officials who support abortion and euthanasia and other intrinsic evils and what their status is in relationship to Catholic teaching and communion. So, for instance, in 1998, in the document Living the Gospel of Life, the U.S. bishops wrote this, We urge those Catholic officials who choose to depart from church teaching on the inviolability of human life in their public life to consider the consequences for their own spiritual well-being, as well as the scandal they risk by leading others into serious sin. 
we call on them to reflect on the grave contradiction of assuming public roles and presenting themselves as credible Catholics when their actions on fundamental issues of human life are not in agreement with church teaching. No public official, especially one claiming to be a faithful and serious Catholic, can responsibly advocate for or actively support direct attacks on innocent human life. And again, in 2006, two years after John Kerry, a pro-choice Catholic, lost to a pro-life Protestant, George W. Bush, the bishops addressed this question in Happier Those Who Are Called to His Supper. Now, let me quote there. If a Catholic in his or her personal or professional life were knowingly and obstinately to reject the defined doctrines of the Church, or to knowingly and obstinately to repudiate her definitive teaching on moral issues, however he or she would seriously diminish his or her communion with the Church. Reception of Holy Communion is such a situation that would not accord with the nature of Eucharistic celebration, so that he or she should refrain. Now, if Carrie had won back in 2004, the bishops would have been forced to address this issue uh, back then. But now, Catholic Joseph Biden becomes president, and it's triggered the current concern. The most visible Catholic in public life champions abortion rights, expands the abortion franchise, and yet presents himself for Holy Communion. Now, we've all heard that uh, the surveys that indicate that 70% of Catholics don't believe the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And for years, the bishops have been wanting to teach on the Eucharist. In fact, one of the unreported moments of this last conference last week is the discussion on Eucharistic revival that was led by Bishop Andrew Cousins. Two months or so ago, I received an email from Bishop Cousins' office. He was reaching out to Catholic apostolates who were not directly connected to a diocese, but were doing you know, works of evangelization and catechesis. And he wanted to know if we would participate in a three-year plan to bring Eucharistic revival to the nation. And so he contacted Ave Maria Radio, he contacted EWTN, Relevant Radio, Word on Fire, uh, Focus, the University of Franciscan University of Steubenville, Legatus, and many, many other apostolates that you might say are kind of dynamic Orthodox apostolates. And these folks are coming on board, and Bishop Cousins is going to join us, I think, next week to discuss this. I haven't talked about it because we wanted to wait until the entire body of bishops had been brought up to speed on it. Now, let me stress, Bishop Cousins' work on Eucharistic revival is not connected with this document on receiving worthily uh, that has gained so much attention, but both address the question of what it means to receive the body of Christ as a Catholic. And I bring it up because Joe Biden is not the fundamental reason the bishops are discussing Eucharist. There is this longstanding awareness of the widespread loss of respect and the need for Eucharistic consistency, uh, Eucharistic awareness, the Eucharistic revival. Um, and the bishops have a duty when there's manifest scandal regarding the Eucharist. They have a responsibility to do something about it. In fact, 
Uh, Canon 9.15 says that those who have been excommunicated or interdicted after the imposition or declaration of the penalty and others obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. That's a mouthful, I know. But my point simply is, in this canon, the bishops make it clear that there is a responsibility in certain circumstances not to admit certain people to Holy Communion. Uh, The conversation, like I said, was respectful, but it makes a major mistake. Let's take a listen here. Now, this whole action is an indication of a powerful right wing at work within the Catholic Church. By a vote of 160, uh, 168 to 55, the bishops went forward with this plan. Well, let me say, first of all, that um, that's the big problem here. It's being looked at as a, as a, a political matter when it's not. It's, it's not conservative versus liberal. It's not traditional versus progressive. It's fidelity to teaching or infidelity. Believe me, the bishops voted three to one to go ahead with this discussion. Nobody can tell me that the Catholic bishops of America are three to one committed to right-wing politics. I mean, the bishops were almost uniformly Democrats until about 20 years ago. Uh, Archbishop Gomez, for instance, president of the USCCB, is no political conservative, Uh, I remember interviewing him years ago at the Napa Institute. He's the Archbishop of Los Angeles. He's a heavily Democratic area. He's been a strong advocate for what many would call progressive immigration policy. But he's also the one that has decided that we have to address this problem of unworthiness in receiving uh, the Eucharist. In his letter congratulating President Biden, he praised the president in areas of agreement, but he also pointed out areas of disagreement. Had this been purely a political matter, Gomez would have done nothing more but praise Biden for his election. It's not about conservative or liberal. It's not about traditional or progressive. It's about fidelity and infidelity to Catholic teaching. In fact, listen to the actual language that was voted on last week. And tell me if this sounds in any way political to you. Quote, does the body of bishops approve the request of the Committee on Doctrine to proceed with the drafting of a formal statement on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the Church. Does the body of bishops approve the request of the Committee on Doctrine to proceed with the drafting of a formal statement on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the Church? That is stripped of all political implication deliberately because the bishops don't want this seen as conservative versus liberal. They want to say Catholics in America have lost the respect, they've lost a sense of the majesty of the Eucharist, and we've got public incidents of disrespect for this uh, Eucharist that we're going to have to address. So uh, we'll take a listen. Let's take a, another little comment here from this morning's conversation. Now, this is going to take all summer to work out this uh, verbiage on what they plan to say, which ultimately could be a rebuke for Biden and other Catholic politicians who support abortion rights. Well, that's, it probably will take a while, and they'll be laboring over the language. Um, so, yeah, I, this is going to be a while com- in coming, and we shouldn't be impatient about it. 
Pope has already indicated he's not happy with the bishops taking this move. Now, let me just say that is simply wrong. We know what the bishop, we know what the Pope thinks about abortion. He sees it as a grave sin, puts an end to innocent human life. Uh, he also points out that uh, last century the whole world was scandalized by what the Nazis did to purify the race. Today we do the same thing, but with white gloves. He also talks about uh, the attitude of sending kids back before they're born. Uh, this horrendous crime, they send them back because it's better like that, because it's more comfortable. It's a great responsibility, a very grave sin to commit an abortion. Well, more about this later. being with you, and I wanted to pick up on something that we handled last hour in the first segment. Uh, in Detroit, there was a radio program uh, earlier today that dealt with this issue of the U.S. bishops and the development, uh, their vote to come up with a document uh, dealing with uh, the meaning of the Eucharist. And uh, while I want to make clear that uh, the discussion uh, was respectful uh, and really made an attempt to uh, show that this is a matter of real serious uh, concern for Catholics. There were still, in the conversation, there were popular some popular misconceptions which were repeated. One of them had to do with the idea that this is a, a purely, uh, well, not purely, but that's just primarily a political uh, debate and right-wing forces in the Catholic Church have kind of enforcing uh, this issue. All I can say on that is read, read the documents, read what's actually said. So when the bishops last week decided to vote on this, they made clear this was not a political concern. It is true this has come to the forefront because the most visible uh, Catholic uh, in public life, Joseph Biden right now, uh, is, be, has become a champion of uh, abortion rights. He's tried to expand the abortion franchise. And he's done that while at the same time presenting himself for Holy Communion. This flies in the face of Catholic teaching and creates serious scandal because the Eucharist is not merely a private matter. It's a deeply personal matter, but it's communion. It's about not just you and God, it's you and God and the rest of the church. We're in this thing together. So let me read what the bishops actually voted on last week. This was the, the language. This is from the document itself that they voted on. Does the body of bishops approve the request of the Committee on Doctrine to proceed with the drafting of a formal statement on, listen carefully, the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the Church? That's what they voted on. And they voted three to one in favor of coming up with this uh, teaching document. I mentioned also in the first segment of today's program uh, that there was a, a little reported uh, moment in the conference last week that focused on Eucharistic revival. 
uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins has put together a wonderful plan uh, working with uh, apostolates who are not tied into the diocesan structure, but apostolates like Ave Maria Radio, EWTN, um, the Knights of Columbus, uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville, uh, Word on Fire, go down the list, a lot of people there who want to work with the bishops for Eucharistic revival, and Bishop Cousins has been uh, spearheading this effort. This is all being done because the bishops are concerned. They're concerned that the surveys that come back from American Catholics indicate that they don't know what's at stake in the Eucharist. They really don't understand the way, the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. They don't understand, you know, what we call transubstantiation, that in fact, that the words of institution that the priest utters, the, uh, the bread and wine uh, retain their appearance of bread and wine, but in reality become the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, so this is a concern which, which is far broader than the President of the United States. However, the fact that he's Catholic and continues to present himself for Holy Communion while he is been tragically championing an intrinsic moral evil makes thinking people wonder, uh, what does the Church really teach about the Eucharist? So I was referring to this uh, discussion that occurred on another radio station this morning in Detroit. And let me uh, go to the next um, statement that was made uh, in this. I'm going to pick up the threads from the first segment of today's program. Let's take a listen to what was said. Pope has already indicated he's not happy with the bishops taking this move. Now, this is a widely repeated mistake. It's That's simply, there's no... If you notice, whenever this is said, there's no quotation uh, from Pope Francis, okay? Um, let me t read, uh, this is what we do know. Uh, he's not said, we have no quote from him dealing with the U.S. bishops developing a teaching document on the meaning of the Eucharist. Uh, we do know what he thinks about abortion, so keep this in mind. Pope Francis writes, I wish to restate as firmly as I can that abortion is a grave sin since it puts an end to an innocent life. In the same way, however, uh, I must state there's no sin that God's mercy cannot reach and wipe away when it finds a repentant heart seeking to be reconciled with the Father. Um, He's speaking to an Italian uh, pro-life conference in May of 2019. He says, is it licit to eliminate a human life to solve a problem? Is it licit to hire a hitman to solve a problem? It is not lawful. Never, ever eliminate a human life or hire a hitman to solve a problem. But that gives you some idea of how he regards abortion. It's a horrendous crime, to use another quotation of his. In, in another a statement that he made to an Italian family association in June of 2018. He, he actually took a look at this impulse to eliminate the unwanted unborn 
and compared it to what the Nazis did to purify the race. So we do know what Pope Francis thinks about the act of abortion. We also know what he thinks about Catholic public officials who support abortion. And this is almost always overlooked. In fact, I can't think of anywhere in the mainstream press where I've seen the point I'm going to make right now made. Pope Francis uh, drafted with the other Latin American bishops the, what's called the Aparecida document. And he was bishop of uh, Archbishop of Buenos Aires at the time, and he was very influential in this, the formation of this document. Now, paragraph 436 of the document reads like this. We hope that legislators, heads of government, and health professionals, conscious of the dignity of human life and of the rootedness of the family in our peoples, will defend, again, we hope they will defend and protect life, family life, from the abominable crimes of abortion and euthanasia. That's their responsibility. We must adhere to Eucharistic coherence, that is, be conscious that they, that is the legislators, the heads of government, and health professionals, cannot receive Holy Communion, and at the same time act with deeds or words against the commandments, particularly when abortion, euthanasia, and other grave crimes against life and the family are encouraged. So we know what Pope Francis thinks about abortion. We know what he thinks about public officials who advocate for abortion or euthanasia because he didn't merely sign this document. He helped draft this document. Um, it's true we don't know exactly what he thinks about the U.S. bishop's effort here because he hasn't spoken on it. But what we do know is what his chief doctrinal official thinks because he has written on this. And uh, Cardinal Ladaria, who heads up the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, uh, you might say that's the doctrinal watchdog for the Catholic Church, he writes that uh, to the, he, he wrote to the bishops when this became on his radar, that they were considering this document. He had been asked over the last two years, by the way, from some American bishops about this question of taking of, of, uh, pro, uh, politicians who are pro-abortion receiving Holy Communion. So he, it was on his radar. This is what he wrote um, to uh, Archbishop Gomez, who's president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. He says, quote, we, speaking mean the Holy See, we are grateful that you plan to send us the draft of a document on worthiness to receive Holy Communion for an informal review prior to its submission to the body of bishops for vote. And he goes on, he points out that this discussion has been raised over the last two years by bishops wanting guidance on how to handle pro-abortion politicians who claim Catholic identity. He advises that there should be dialogue to preserve the unity of the Episcopal Conference. He suggested a national policy only if this would help the bishops maintain unity. He said the first stage of the dialogue would be to settle the question of whether the conference agrees that support of pro-choice legislation is incompatible with the teaching on the Eucharist. They have to address this question. Can they address together this statement? Quote, those who are directly involved in lawmaking bodies have a grave and clear obligation to oppose any law that attacks human life. Then he says, 
Once that's clear, you then engage in dialogue with Catholic politicians who adopt a pro-choice position or other moral evils. Nowhere in the document by Cardinal Ladaria, nowhere is it even hinted that he disapproves of a document that bars Catholic public officials who are pro-abortion. What he disapproves of is a document that doesn't represent the consensus of the U.S. bishops. So uh, he said it would be misleading to give the impression that abortion and euthanasia alone constitute the only grave matters of Catholic moral and social teaching. So he obviously is saying here abortion and euthanasia do constitute grave matters of Catholic moral and social teaching. And so you've got to—so again, the Pope has not expressed any disapproval. Uh, we know what he thinks about abortion. We know what he thinks about public officials who claim to be Catholic and who are supporters of abortion and euthanasia. Not good. Thumbs down. Uh, and we actually know what his top doctrinal official thinks about the bishop's actions here. Um, and he did not express a hint of disapproval of what conclusion they may reach. He is concerned about the process by which they reach it and that it uh, represents consensus and unity. Um, let's uh, take another, let's see here, let's see if we can get another point in. Biden, an abortion rights advocate, he's the first Catholic and a president in 60 years, says that this is a private matter. He says it doesn't think it's going to happen. Okay, it may not happen, uh, but he's wrong when he says it's a private matter. The Eucharist is personal, very personal, but it's not private. It's about communion. And what is communion about? It's about with others. Uh, communion is with Christ. And with other members of the body, the Eucharist is not a private matter. The president's been happy to be known as a Catholic. He hasn't resisted being labeled a devout Catholic. He's allowed his Catholicism to become a public issue. And, you know, uh, we know that Catholics who persist in manifest grave sin uh, are subject to being having the Eucharist withheld from them. And that's what is going to have to be determined here. But it's going to be determined against the wide backdrop of all of our worthiness to receive communion.